Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. LeBron to the cup. Blocked by Donovan. Off the glass. Out to Conley. Conley to the front court. Bounce to Ingles. Lobs it to Donovan, but it's intercepted by the Lakers. But Caruso drops it. Gobert picks it up. Hands back to Donovan. And now he dunks it. LeBron misses the free throw. Goes and gets his own miss. Kick out to Daniels. Four seconds left in the corner. It's good. And the Jazz are all of a sudden being run out of the gym. That's David Locke on the call the last time the Jazz played the Lakers. Some crazy sequences. Also, no Bojan Bogdanovic in that game. They meet again tonight. And PK, I don't know if you know this, but this is the Jazz' first game back after a long road trip, and those tend to feel like another road game. However. Then win it. However. However what? The Lakers are going back-to-back. They had to play in Denver last night. Back-to-back games at elevation. Well, that's a disadvantage. They got in at some no, 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 ridiculous no, no. All hour. All the disadvantages go to us. Uh, <laughs> okay, but they did play back-to-back. And we always look at back-to-backs to see if the starters were really pushed and extended or if they were, you know, resting on the bench with six minutes to go and not quite as gassed. That game went right down to the end. The Nuggets rallied, got within a point with 2.23 to go and got outscored 8-zip in the last two minutes. But nonetheless, LeBron was out there with a dunk and a couple of free throws right at the end. So they were pushed to the end. They were extended. Lakers improved 18-3. They beat the Nuggets. Nuggets have lost back-to-back games and are going on an Eastern road trip. It's got a couple tough games in it. Got to go to Boston. And then that first game back, too. And the first game back also. So So there's that if you're looking at the Nuggets. On the other hand, if you're looking at the Lakers, they're 18-3, and and they're just crushing it. Well, I expect this house to be packed tonight. And a lot of energy because the ball club needs your energy. And okay, these but fans have provided gonna, it. It's going to be packed. Good. Because the Lakers are back and LeBron's a star. And Plus, you get a free ticket to the Bulls game down the line, don't you? They had a ticket. They had a ticket was deal. that just yesterday? They had a yeah. ticket. I think it was 80 bucks to get the Laker game yeah. and Bulls game later this season. It's a, I mean, it's a regular season game. I get it. But still, this is the, bi- this is the biggest game you have in front of you right now. And you've lost four to five. So... I want to see them win. I want to see them play well. Maybe play the starters a little more because you got two games, two days off before the next game. You don't play again until no, Saturday. No, kick the crap out of them and just have the bench play most of the second half. Even better. Uh, yes, <laughs> it seems a little optimistic. You're right. There's a bunch of people listening to this who'd sign off on that. Like, yeah, Nigel what, Williams what PK Goss, said. Or is it Nigel Goss-Williams? Which one is it? Okay, Nigel Williams-Goss goes for 18. Sweet. Because he's getting 27 minutes. Among the list of people who will sign up for that is Nigel. Yeah. Is it Williams-Goss or Goss-Williams? Why do you always do that? I can't remember. It's Nigel Williams-Goss. He just told you 30 seconds. I know, and I forgot already. Okay. Just like the text line, we got it. (laughs) Fact. I can't forget the text line. 64636. Why do I still wow. remember that? Keyword zone and then your message. <laughs> I would have never recalled that. And yeah, it's right there in front of me, too. Yeah, you might have. All right, Jazz and the Lakers tonight. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Oh. Harden the steal. And the dunk. No, that, 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 was, uh, that ball went that was through. Good, yeah. <laughs> it came out. 
Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought, wait a minute. <laughs> I was just checking it out. Oh, remember the Manu play in New right. York a few years ago? I mean, this goes through, yeah. That, goes. that was good. And then out. <laughs> So the Houston Rockets lose in double overtime to the Spurs. That right there was the call on James Harden's dunk that went through the net and back over the rim before bouncing out. The crew mistakenly said he missed the dunk. Now the Rockets are appealing. They want the two points. They want to replay the final seven minutes and 50 seconds, PK. These always get denied. But when the ball actually went through the hoop, if you get yeah. video of the ball going through a hoop and it didn't get counted, can you get the rare replay? Because I don't remember the last time a game was replayed. I remember appeals that got denied. Well, we need Jim Boylan to say ball did go. In the- <laughs> uh, I would wait to the end of the season and actually see if it matters. I mean, they're relatively close in ge- distance between the two cities. It's not, it's not exactly a cross-country flight there. Right. Yeah. So see if it matters. Because there's no way the Rockets said, well, give us the win in overtime. I mean, regulation. You can't do that. Because there was still seven plus minutes to go, right? Right. And so the, the, the dynamics could would have changed dramatically, potentially. Right. So you can't do that. Uh, you can't award them the victory. So if I'm the Rockets and I don't have to play another seven, eight minutes... If it doesn't matter in the standings, why bother? We'll see how that goes. This is a pretty and, and, unusual and think about deal. It. You, you can set it up for TV purposes <laughs> instead of a national TV. Because if it matters, then those 740, I think it were, right. it becomes a big deal. Yep. And if it doesn't matter, well, who cares? Right? Bum, bum, bum. So, see, wait to the end, and then you can build it up, and you can sell more sponsors and... And stuff. And First thing I have to do is compare the two schedules and where can they get them together without no, an enormous amount of travel. The, so you want to do it on like the the season usually ends on a Wednesday and do yeah. it on Thursday. Yeah, and even better, we'll meet you halfway. <laughs> What's halfway? I don't know. Between I don't know. Whatever it is, San Marcos. Well, Good. Austin, right? Austin's uh, north of San Antonio. That's not halfway. But. No, it's got to be. It's you're missing a marketing opportunity, you <laughs> I know. idiot. It's, it's just going to be in San Marcos, right there. Go it, to San Marcos and play. Wherever, I don't know where it is. I'm not. I mean, I've it's been to both be places some, for work, but it's going to be know. on some playground at some elementary school. In the okay, blacktop. Let's go. Let's go back to the originals. Hey, come on. You can really just market the crap out of this, and this could be awesome. Have all the networks there. Like a presidential debate uh, or something? There's a town, Flatonia. That looks about halfway. Okay, Flatonia it Flatonia, is. Flatonia, let's go. Is that an F or PH? That's an F. Okay. Flatonia, Texas. <laughs> yep. When I taste Flatonia, <laughs> baby, I still see ya. Uh, other games for Western contenders, the Clippers beat the Blazers as expected. The Mavericks took down the Pelicans as expected. And Luka Doncic, 33 points and 18 boards. I flicked that game on briefly, and he dribbled down court and launched a three-over guy, drained it, and they called timeout. Briefly? What yep. else were you doing? Uh, I was channel surfing all over the place. What else was on? Uh, I'm getting tips off the golf network lately. <laughs> I was telling you about that the other day. It turned out we were watching the same thing. Yeah, but that stuff thing. just repeats itself yeah, all the time. I know it does. I mean, Don said, here, 
Yeah, he's What's awesome. What's her face? Candace Parker saying, well, he should have had more assists. Well, then I looked at it. Oh, yeah, the team didn't shoot that well. Yeah, I mean, you can have the greatest pass in the world, but then the other guy, guy breaks it. it. Yeah. Right, and it wouldn't be good. Or so, he gets fouled. That's always Stuff you can control. This guy, I mean, they won I put it on 20. last night. He is the second coming of Larry Bird. Larry Legend. He is. Luca Legend. Now, he grew up idolizing. Obviously, Bird wouldn't have been in his age bracket. It would have been uh, LeBron. But this dude is unstoppable. Larry Bird. He is un- We have seen Larry Bird return. Larry Bird's been retired for 20-some years now, right? We have seen the return of Larry Bird, and it is in the form of Luka Doncic. And Jonathan Tavanari agrees with me because he favorited it. And he's played basketball around the world. DJ and PK. JT! Hashtag college basketball. College basketball tonight, 6 o'clock. Utes, Cougars. Are you ready for the return of Yoli Childs? Absolutely. I'm excited for the young man's return. He's a talented player. I want to see him out there. Huntsman Center, Pac-12 Network, so it's going to be hard for some of you to see. Pac-12 Network sucks, but the... Opportunity for these two teams to play, yes, and we won't have, I wouldn't imagine, the tarps covering the upper bowl of the Huntsman Center. They've had the black curtains down yeah. for some home games here, so. This uh, should be a very uh, highly attended game. It's a great rivalry. Uh, I would even like to see it played twice, home and home, every year, since they're not in a conference like in the old days. It's hard to imagine it was the old days, but nevertheless, that's what we have. And uh, get Yoli out there, you ought to just be... Uh, bursting at the seams with energy and emotion and all this. And Figure it's going to take a while to work him in or no. because they've been practicing, they're used to it, it'll no. just be different in the games. But he's, it's not like he's coming back from an injury where he wouldn't They don't practicing. work him in. You work around him. He's your best player. He should be the best player out on the floor. Now, I don't know literally if that's going to happen every single game, but if you look at the rosters, he's the best player on both rosters. How are the young youths going to handle all the emotion or guys who are freshmen or out of state aren't really going to get it? Or they'll feed off the crowd well, and they will they get it. they see the crowd, yeah, they will the student get it. section and all. And you got two coaches, two big men who played in the NBA. That's kind of cool. Towering over everybody. Yeah. All right, Cougars. Burgess played at Utah. He's now coaching at BYU. Cougars are coming in 6-3. and three. Utes are coming in 5-2. and two. 6 o'clock tonight, Pac-12 Network. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. He's about the right things. Uh, He's what's great about the profession. I love being around people like him that truly are ambassadors for the game and love their players and, and are about building something the right way. And that's exactly what he's doing there. That's Davo Sweeney talking about Bronco Mendenhall. you got to figure other coaches are looking at Bronco going, nine wins at Virginia? Wow, well done. Virginia's well, not running out a lot of nine-win football seasons. Uh, they've had their days, though. They I mean, have had their days. It's not impossible. I think the most important thing with this situation here is the win total has improved each of the last three years. So you literally can see progress. A lot of times they'll say, like I was listening to Phoenix Radio yesterday, and they got a new uh, – station I listened to because the kids Jordan Simone 
played at uh, Arizona State, right? And I figured, well, there's a chance they might talk about the Devils instead of the endless Cardinals talk. And he's going on. Herm's doing it the right way. Uh, they, they've got three or four silent commits right now. And I'm telling you, every one of those kids is gonna is a four-star, blah, 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 blah. And, blah, 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 blah. and then the host says, okay, yeah, now we, we've got to see it translate into wins. <laughs> I mean, because that's the ultimate test, right? I mean, sure. Yeah. They, he's gone 14 and 10 in two years. And, you know, that's, you know, that's okay. But it's nothing different from what all the other guys have done since Gush left. Uh, let's see. Let's run out like what Kyle's done here. A slew of 9-10, in this case, 11 win seasons, right? Bring it on. And with Bronco, you can see the literal progression. But the big story is the, uh, the college poll. The college poll is out. The Utes are five. Oklahoma is six. Baylor is seven. And Oregon is 13. Yeah. They didn't get jumped on strength of schedule this week. The opportunity was there, so they go on I, I didn't think test. they would. I know you didn't. I did. You didn't. Oh, you did? Yes, we talked about it. Okay, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It, it doesn't really because matter, it but I didn't it, think It doesn't they really would. matter, but I thought it matters they, Sunday. they just beat a ranked eight-win team on the road, and the Utes well, beat a five-win team at home. That's a chance if they want to do it, and they, they didn't. Yeah, I still think they're going to do it, though. Well, unless, again, it's going to be... Unless the Utes win by 14 or more. 14's your magic number? Mm-hmm. Gut instinct? Yeah. Because the story is Baylor moving up. In my mind, everything else was obvious. But now Oklahoma has this chance to beat a seventh-ranked team. And it's funny, a lot of Ute fans a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. before these boys wrecked he's, it. He now points at his Sun Devil uh, hoodie he's got on the logo. <laughs> Fear the fork! And it was all about, well, when we beat the seventh-ranked team, we're going to jump Alabama! Yeah. Well, now, wait a second. That Oklahoma just did the seven. You can't jump us. <laughs> well, that's two, different. Two weeks ago, when we beat the seventh ranked team or the sixth ranked team, whatever Oregon would so have been. So the difference, because I get there's a lot of similarities. The difference would be that Alabama, we all thought was going to be sitting home doing nothing because they, they weren't going to be in their conference title game. Whereas this will be, yeah, Oklahoma beat seven, but the Utes beat thirteen. So is that that big a difference? As opposed to, hey, the youth beat seven and Alabama didn't I play. don't think it should be. And people continue to mistake that I think I don't want the Utes in. And I want you to listen at 8.15, and I'll tell you why I have become the biggest Ute fan ever. I mean, at 8.30. Uh, I just looked at the clock. At, at 8.30, we're going to play something from Steve Smith. It's gonna, Not it's, your Steve Smith. The, I guess they call him Stephen, Stephen A. A. Uh, and Paul Feinbaum, which really, really got under my skin. This is going to irritate Cougar and Aggie fans. It irritated me yeah. big time, big time listening to this. The complete and total disrespect for Utah was simply outrageous. And I am furious about it to the point where I very much want the Utes to get in that playoff now just to show these people. And then I believe they'll show well, and we'll see what happens out on the field. Uh but I still fear that if Oklahoma puts it on Baylor, Oklahoma's going to jump them. I, I, I feared that a month ago, and I fear it just as much today. People mistake that for saying that Utah's not going to get in, and if, you can believe what you want to believe as long as you're listening and read. I really don't care what you believe. Yeah, or, they clearly are. Yeah, so and that's still, fine. They're so, still tweeting and, at us. And come at me all you want. I, I know. I've got no problem with that. As long That means you're invested, and I'm making money off you, so thank you very much. I still fear that Oklahoma is going to pass them, and the committee gave them a better opportunity by moving Baylor all the way up. 
And I don't necessarily necessarily have any problem moving Baylor all the way up because their only loss is a close loss to Oklahoma, right? It is, yeah. They blew that lead. I mean, at halftime, it looked like they were going to shock everybody and take Mm -hmm. Oklahoma down. For sure. They had that enormous lead, and Oklahoma scored on almost every possession down the stretch and won the game. Right. All right, Colorado losing their star receiver. LaVisca Chenault announcing he's going to skip his senior season and go to the NFL draft. Everybody leaves early except the Utes. <laughs> he's, he's expected to be a first-round pick. He's out! Oh, I think he'll be a first-round pick in the conference. I think Justin Herbert will be a first-round pick in the conference. And I also think Jalen Johnson will be a first-round pick in the conference. Three first-rounders for the Pac-12? We'll have uh, to see who else is coming out. SC? SC, uh, SC wide receiver, maybe? Uh, Pittman? Maybe second, though. I haven't looked at mock drafts yet. Well, neither have I, but that's just my forecast at those right. three. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Nobody's got the exclusive skills to get the job done so that collectively you can win a Super Bowl. But they're qualified people. Uh, Jason Garrett is one of them. In my opinion, Jason Garrett will be coaching in the NFL next year. Now, what does that mean, Jerry Jones? In the NFL. Jerry never met a microphone or a camera he didn't love. He'd be coaching in the NFL. So, like, you've arranged with one of your buddies in the NFL to hire Jerry when, or to uh, hire Jason when you let him go? In my opinion, he'll be coaching. I mean, you're an owner. You can guarantee he'll be coaching in the NFL next year if you want. Well, all those dudes, uh, if they get fired they can recirculate as a coordinator sure and he didn't say he said he'll be coaching right exactly he didn't so certainly say he'll coach. be coaching if he wants to he will be I don't know if it's going to be with Dallas Ron Rivera could be coaching in the NFL next year but not with Carolina because they fired him what weird timing on that why now I mean there were stones thrown away from the end of the season What's so the they can get a start on the search without well, sneaking can... around behind his back this is the pros, man. This is in college. They've already decided. <laughs> so they let him know. Well, it just I don't know, it came to f- this week. we got to do it now. But whatever. If they're going to fire him, I guess fire him. Hey, everyone's going to get fired. It's just the nature of the biz. Belichick's probably the only dude who isn't going to get fired. If he stayed long enough, he would get fired too. Tomlin? Uh, Pittsburgh doesn't seem to fire guys. They seem to like, hey, the team took a hit, let's rebuild, but the coach is good enough, so you just stay. Yeah, I mean, they've only rebuild. had three in my lifetime, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I suppose so. But if he if he overstayed it, but I mean, you have to think that there's always outliers to everything, but just about everybody's going to get fired. If Tom Landry can get fired. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. That is what is trending this morning. And it's brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, our BYU football analyst, Riley Nelson, putting a bow on the regular season, looking ahead to the bowl game. We will talk with him coming up next. Lincoln Kennedy, our Pac-12 analyst at 8, and Riley Jensen, our college football insider at 9 o'clock. And... If you live in Utah and you follow Utah teams, you want to be outraged by the dismissive tone and tenor of two guys who live back east. Well, stick around at 830 for that. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 
This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Dan Walken from uh, USA Today. I love Utah. I love what they've done. I think they passed the eye test for me. I uh, love how physical they are. That defensive line is awesome. Huntley, I don't know where you rank him among the quarterbacks Utah's had over the years, but he's just really developed into a big-time playmaker. And if they get into the playoff, they won't, they won't totally deserve it, in my opinion. You know, and I, I think despite the schedule, I wish they had maybe gone out of conference and, and gotten a big game they could maybe have in the bank right now. But, you know, if they get in the playoff, like, I, I think they, it would be an interesting matchup with them against either LSU or uh, Ohio State. I'd, I'd love to see it. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. A reminder, the Ford Fan Zone, you can visit it on Level 6 during jazz games. There's free Papa Chad games, cornhole, and foosball tables. Enjoy incredible city and mountain views while relaxing, enjoying food and drink, taking in the game, and socializing with friends. Today is Wednesday. National and today Cookie Day. National Cookie Day. National Cookie Day? Really? Chocolate chips, the only ones that enter this mouth. It's the only kind of cookie that enters this cookie hole. I'm all about the chocolate chip, far and away my favorite. I will eat the oatmeal raisin, though. No. That's second. And I don't want to waste the calories. Peanut butter cookies? Ugh. Sugar? Nah. No, not really. No. It's got to be chocolate chip. Or oatmeal. And I, and I got to give the old lady credit. She makes a mean chocolate chip. Really? Yeah. Crushes it, huh? Hella chocolate chip. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's also a win tickets Wednesday, and we've got tickets... To give away, not now, don't call now. Later in the show, they'll be giving away tickets to see Journey with the Pretenders. So the wheel in the sky keeps on turning! Yeah, really. That, one, that did leave a mark, didn't it? Yuck is on the phone. I thought getting, it was dead Yuck's on. on the phone getting Riley in the middle of his. Like, you would wow. think I'm the guy who subbed for the original lead singer. No, you really wouldn't. <laughs> not, not even. Oh a yeah, bit. but in this studio doesn't have the acoustics like a studio does. Believe me, I've been in the studios. And get me out at Usana, which is where they'll air. be. May twenty first sounds a lot better. May twenty first, the weather will be getting good again. That'll be great. You'd be surprised how they trump that up. LiveNation.com. That's where you get your tickets. If you don't win them here later today, every show will have tickets. All right, DJ and PK, it is time to talk a little college football now with Riley Nelson, BYU football radio analyst. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Get a Samsung S10 for $0 when you activate a new line of service with a flex lease now through December 26th. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Riley, good morning. Morning, guys. How are you? Good. I know you do your homework and you go through all the stats, and you knew San Diego State had a top-five defense and was giving up less than 14 points a game. But three, three, what happened? Yeah, I, I've been asking myself that same question because that was something that, you know, they. it's true, you mentioned the average, and they more what I was expecting was they were, they were holding teams about a touchdown below season average, which BYU's season average was 30 points. Granted, that might be a little bit inflated uh, by the last two weeks against Idaho State and and, uh, and UMass. But still, I was expecting something high teens in the 20s, and that would have won the game. But, 
you know, they, I, I think the loss of Sione Finau hurt in the fact that they weren't, they weren't able at all to establish any kind of run game. And then, um, Zach obviously wasn't, uh, seeing things clearly. He held on to the ball a little bit too long. Granted, that was probably because there was good coverage down the field, but he just couldn't seem, they couldn't seem between, between the scheme, the play calling and, and the execution, they couldn't seem to find open guys in the pass game. But, uh, I mean, even regardless of that, to really ha- have the ball inside the 20 only one time, be one for three in the, in the red zone and have, all three of those attempts be field goals attempt, one made and two missed. It was uh, a rough evening in San Diego for sure. I think it's just the fact that it was the honor code, the way I attribute it, Riley, and hear me out here, because I think BYU guys realized, hey, if you're not married, you're not supposed to score. <laughs> that, those are the hot takes while you guys are the number one morning show in the state of Utah. Those are the takes that keep people coming back one for more. I, I can't say I have a valid argument to dispute that, so that, that's where I'm staying That's with the that best one. I got for you, man. <laughs> no, but I mean, he, uh, I, I don't know. We saw some of the same things. Uh, athletically, this wasn't the best defense that they did. Rocky Long does do some things uniquely. They did a good job mixing up their front. They kept the O-line um, guessing all night. You know, they, they keep the three guys down, but then with the 3-3-5, three, three, they're playing a lot of games there. But I didn't feel like Zach was under a ton of pressure. Obviously, that, that sack fumble on the flea flicker was a big play. Um, but that was, you know, that was on a quarter blitz, and... BYU actually had it picked up. It was just, you know, the corner was a really quick and a good rusher and was able to kind of run the rim on BYU's left tackle. To So more of a better individual effort there than any kind of, you know, than BYU getting caught off guard. But it, it's something, you know, this BYU team is, is not one, or I should say this BYU program is not one that, that lacks for storylines. I think one question I've been getting a lot of, as uh, you know, I've returned to work and at church and kind of all over is with the performance of the two backup quarterbacks. And, you know, Zach has come back and he seems to kind of be the the same people. A lot of people out there don't feel that he's taken a step forward. And so, uh, you know, if, if he hasn't kind of through at least 12 weeks, not obviously not 12 games, but 12 weeks of a season, um, do you have to open it back up? And that I, I hesitate to jump to those conclusions because I don't, I don't get to be in the film room. I don't know how he's being coached. I don't know, um, you know what, what his decision trees are and what his progressions look like. But there sure are a lot of uh, things up in the air. It seems like for this BYU program. So as you look going forward to the bowl game. And I know it's sort of probably might be contingent here on Hawaii and uh, Boise in the conference title game, but you feel like if it's Hawaii and Hawaii, it's kind of another road game, and this isn't a team that's played well on the road. Can you put your finger on why that is? Well, one of the problems was uh, I feel like the four East Coast trips. Now, that's my excuse for San Diego State. Obviously, they went up to Logan to take care of Logan, but that was hardly um, – that might give you a little hint there that it maybe has to do something with the logistics. Maybe this team, just when they get in the hotel and they feel a little too comfortable or, you know, they, they let their guard down, 
a little bit. And you're right. After watching the Hawaii-San Diego State film while prepping for the BYU-San Diego State team, that and that was out in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Hawaii team defends their turf, and obviously they have a good quarterback. And, and I, don't, I won't go too far into the preview because, like you say, it's not set in stone that they play Hawaii. But uh, I think the four East Coast trips have something to do with it. And, uh, and I don't want to make excuses for BYU, um, but I think just the contrast of how bad Idaho State and UMass were and then how good San Diego State was uh, contributed more to that than maybe the setting of it being, you know, in an in a unfamiliar territory. I want you to address the issue of when to change quarterbacks because obviously you were right there and we've spoken to Brandon Doman over the years and how they agonized on taking heaps out and what does it mean for his confidence and we know how that story played out and you came in, you led them 98 yards or whatever it was and and obviously you were referring to the quarterback competition in this situation. I don't want to just nail, uh, just, just be specific to this situation because it's a bigger issue. You know, you had Wilson wasn't doing a whole lot, and Romney has a little bit of a track record, not an extensive history, but for a backup, you know, he obviously played well during his time. So when is the time to make a quarterback change, and what are the ramifications to the starter and the backup and the team when one is made? I think you have to have... um Continual, I would say. So as I look at as I look at our scenario, it was three games of it was Texas, it was Central Florida, and it was Utah State of the same subpar performance from the quarterback. It was, and not only was he not, not only and and he wasn't terrible, but he was just average, right? And one of the things, one of the I think triggers and. And uh, I, I'm I'm speculating here, but one of the triggers was I think that it was felt on the sidelines and and in the booth and among that staff that the rest of the offensive unit was uninspired. And it's kind of like, you know, why did the Patriots? What was the decision for letting go of Antonio Brown? Or you know, that might be a bad example because <laughs> no way was. You know, Jake Eaters, you know, BYU had a situation with a guy like that. But when you risk losing the locker room or you risk losing an offensive unit, not, and it, look, it's not, it's not a mutiny, but it's just that guys lose hope or they lose optimism because the quarterback is not making the plays that he needs to. As much as the quarterback is dependent on the other 10 guys on the field, so are the other 10 guys depending on him because he's the one that you know, distributing the ball and making the decisions and making the pre-snap calls and all those things. And if the other 10 guys kind of lose confidence in the call, then their execution goes down. So for me, I think there has to be a multiple string of games where he isn't, you know, you you think about post-game grades, maybe where he's grading out somewhere in the in the 70s to 80s because the starting quarterback should be on execution, at least decision-making, uh, right? There's There's pre-snap, at least at BYU, we had pre-snap grades. Basically, did you did you get all your reads and all your calls right pre-snap? Then we had decision-making grades, meaning were you looking at the right place, were you going to the right guy? And then we had execution, which could you actually you know deliver the bar, could you actually execute the play 
as it was designed to be executed. So among those three elements of the whole play, a starting quarterback should be grading 90% or higher most of all the time and should rarely dip below 85%. Granted, because execution right, is diluted out of that. You know, Even if you have a rough game where you only complete 50% of your balls, you can still be right on your pre-snap and you can still be right on your execution. Sometimes the other team just has good players and makes good plays. Anyway, I'm sorry to get down a rabbit hole a little bit with you, but if a guy is consistently grading out in like the 70s or 80s, um, that tells you that he's not performing the position that he needs to, and then you can kind of feel it. I know that's kind of an intangible thing, and it's a harder thing to measure. It's a less tangible than the actual grading and performance of the quarterback. But if you feel you lose that offensive unit, and not just the offensive unit, but if you feel the defensive unit and you start to feel a splinter, that uh, you know the defense doesn't feel like the offense has their back and, and it's all on them and there starts to get some adversarial, which is pretty that's pretty easy to sense. There's there's stops being conversation between the two units. There's not as much enthusiasm when the other unit is on the field and, and all those things. So once you start feeling that as a coach, I think that's time that you have to think really seriously about swapping a guy out. It seems like in this era that is – I mean, it was a big decision then and actually for some of the same reasons about transferring, but the transfers are – so frequent now that as a coach, you really have to have that nailed down because you may not get a second bite at the apple. Yeah, and I, I, I know that that was, uh, I know that that was discussed in game, like when they were talking about um, that was brought up uh, on the headset in that Utah State game that if they put me in and uh, Jake was going to transfer and. <laughs> I I don't know. My opinion on that is you can't you can't worry about that. Like, okay, that's great that he's going to transfer, and we're going to be fired too if we lose. You know, <laughs> talking about that 2011 scenario, if we drop to one and three and lose two straight to you know to Utah State, especially one one at home, it's the same thing facing these coaches here. It's like, or, or I, I I know we're not talking about specifically about that because I don't know that the team is to that point, but that's for that's for any coaches like. We can either swap a guy in and win a football game that we otherwise would have lost, or we can keep him in there. And hey, maybe the kid stays because because uh, you know he didn't get he didn't get benched, but we're all fired because we lost games that we could have and should have won. So, do you think guys play harder for other guys? Some guys different versus other guys. Yeah, but I don't think it's it's not a, it's more of a. It's more of a pack mentality. I think, uh, who was I having a conversation with the other day? I, I can't remember, so I don't get to give them credit, but I like what they said. That everything you need to know about football, you can learn from watching DJ Milan's Dog Whisperer show <laughs> on, uh, on National Geographic, right? This guy takes in troubled dogs, and one of the first things he does is he puts them in a pack because he's got good dogs and, and good leaders in it, and it fixes their behavior. I don't think it's so much guys picking and choosing who to play for. I think it's much more subconscious. I think that you know, the offensive unit or the other 10 guys or, or, or the guys on the sideline can really, there's an intangible, I mean, sh- short of sniffing rear ends, right? It's, it's a sense <laughs> of like this, this guy, this guy, I guess in football we slap rear ends, so there you go. But uh, this guy's going to put it all out there. This guy's put in the work previously, or, or, or this, I know this guy's doing his best. Even if, even if he's not out there, you know, killing it, I know that he's doing his best because I know he put in the week, he worked during the week, and he's out there battling. And there are other guys 
that you, you can tell uh, are, not, are not giving that effort. It, it's hard to perceive if you're not on the field with them and you're not and you're not with them day in day out. So fans don't see it as readily as teammates do. Yeah. But it is something that, uh, in fact, you know, I, I even had guys that I played with at BYU that during the week I would get frustrated with them. I'd be like, gosh, this dude is not practice, not practicing. He's not practicing hard. But then he'd show up on Saturdays, and you knew we had every – he was giving everything we had. And for that reason, you had his respect, and it kind of erased the frustration that you had from him not – not giving it all to, to practice. Now, I, I don't believe like that's excusable, but at least that you know you could you knew he was given everything on Saturday, so you could at least tolerate it. Sniffing her ends. That's the kind of hot take that gets you on the air week after week after week. That was, that was way to break it down right there. You know, I always thought with quarterbacks, and and maybe this isn't true, but you've been in the huddle and playing college football, and I haven't. It seems like it's a confidence thing. It seems like there are guys who execute at a higher level because they think it's going to work. And the believing that it's going to work actually helps it work. Have you felt that? Yeah, and I've experienced that at the high school level and even at, even at the college level. Um, so my coach, it, it was very simple, but we would come out in empty sets, which empty, this is all the way back in high school, and this was when I was a junior, and um, I, I was having I was having struggling early in my junior year executing some plays, and so my coach had us go out and empty. Which in high school there's not much the defenses can do because they can't run, they can't cover as much ground. So when you spread a team out like that, they have to pretty much you pretty much know what they're playing, right? And so since you, you I the quarterback knew what they were playing, my coach decided to. It was kind of more in quick game or, or some really uh, basic offense. He's like, why don't you call the play? Or you decide where to go with the ball. And sure enough, I think my completion percentage, it, it like went through the roof. It went from something that was like around 50 to I was completing over 70% of my balls on, on those subset of plays. And it all had to do with the fact that he, he was very astute in recognizing that if I called it, then I would not call a play I was not confident in. And then uh, flash forward to college, and, like, we ended up losing the game, but the San Jose State game my senior year in 2012, um, it, it was a little bit of a similar story, but it, it wasn't so much that they handed the reins over to me, but as a senior quarterback, I had earned the trust of the coordinators that when we got in two-minute offense, I, I was able to call the play um, just so that things went faster and so that, uh, you know, we could get our execution up. And San Jose State, we struggled for three quarters. We got in a position where we were down two scores, and they were running the football pretty decent in the second half, so we knew we had limited possession. So we were in two-minute drive the entire fourth quarter, and sure enough, scored two touchdowns, you know, score on both those drives. We're about to score on the third had it not been for, you know, a great defensive effort where a guy hurdled our running back and ended the game on a sack fumble. But I experienced that as a quarterback, that when I got to call those plays, I was far more confident in those plays and far more effective in those um, so whether and I'm not saying that's the only solution. I'm just saying that's a to, to gain confidence is turning the range over the quarterback that calls on plays because some guys don't like that or some guys don't want to do it. But it but it is you. I think you are exactly right that if a guy is not confident, not only is he not going to perform to the best of his ability, but uh, like like the season a lot like the dogs in the pack, everybody else can sense that he's not confident. They can see it in his eyes and see it in his play. And then it's not. 
it's not so much that they lose confidence in themselves, but they lose confidence in him. And as I said earlier, as the quarterback's the one that makes everything go, that's a really tough place to put an offense in. Riley, as always, we appreciate it. And, uh, you know, if you're lucky, there's a trip to Hawaii in your future. Yeah, and, uh, and some good football in between. I, I, I don't know if you guys have talked about it already, if you're going to talk about it later, but uh, excited to see what Utah can do against Oregon, maybe sneak into uh, the top four, or at the very least playing in the Rose Bowl is a great thing. And obviously Weaver State doing their thing. So despite, uh, you know, BYU and, and kind of where they're struggling, and I think they beat some expectations, but uh, and Utah State's bowl eligible. We got some good football going on in the state. So while I'm waiting for that trip to Hawaii, can enjoy watching some of the other teams. Thank you, Riley. We appreciate it. Yep. Have a good day, Riley Nelson, BYU football radio analyst. Join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, DJ and PK, stay with us. Coming up, Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 Network analyst. His take on the Utes and the Ducks and the most recent adjustment to the poll and what that might mean for Sunday. We'll get to that top of the hour right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Buying or selling a home? Homie will give you up to $5,000 back to help you with closing costs and fees. Remember, it's simple to get started with Homie. See more at Homie.com. All right, we've got uh, Lincoln Kennedy coming up here at uh, 8 o'clock. You still uh, you feel like everything got set up to it's Charlie Brown pull the football away from mm-hmm. the Utes yeah. right at the finish line? Unless they just and, go out and hammer right. Oregon and make the decision. Granted, look I'm a half-empty dude. Everybody knows that. I don't. I don't deny that. But I'm more nervous than ever. I'm total conspiracy theory guy, and I was talking to some other media members. Like, yeah, I'm conspiracy theory guy. This is just set up. It looked like watching Ute fans on Twitter. They were split almost in half. Half of them are like, "Sweet, got to number five. We're good to go now. Georgia's gonna lose. They and should the, be good to go." And the other half are like. Oh, they put Baylor up to seven. This is going to be their excuse. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's an excuse, though. If you go, I think they can have a logical argument. If you go schedule, it's not a stretch. Oregon's going to have a better record, or Oregon, Oklahoma's going to have a better record against ranked teams, and it plays out the way we think. Right. So there's that argument, but they've got a better record against ranked teams right now. So why haven't they moved them up right now if that's going to be the argument? Because they suffered a loss later than Utah did. And that's and how... Zach Moss was out. That's Mullins the, repeats that every week. That's how the AP pollsters react, the late loss. I think the Zach Moss injury thing in the middle of the USC game, maybe that's... Yeah. He, but that he, would he, hold he's, up. In, he's mentioned it, the committee chair, right. multiple times. That's he's from gonna, Oregon. That's not going to change next yeah, week. Yeah, I know. But obviously not. I think that they were anticipating that it would be an easier selection with Oregon and Utah both being 11-1. And I think ASU screwed the pooch for the conference. And so now 
they go, oh, wait a second, we got to get Oklahoma and uh, Baylor up there. Because I think that, that that's why they had Utah up there, knowing, among other reasons, knowing that, hey, they're going to play Oregon. So just put Oregon and Utah right there. Because if one's 5 one, six, it doesn't matter. It's like if you're two or three in the playoff, it doesn't matter. You're playing the same team. And that they were going to settle it out on the field, and it wasn't going to be as sticky. Now, two things happened. Tua gets hurt, Alabama loses. Because I have to believe that if he plays in that game, they beat Auburn. And then secondly, Oregon loses to the Devils. I'm even nervous that Georgia loses in overtime to LSU, and they keep him at fourth. (laughs) I mean, there are a lot of scenarios we can play out that are improbable. Some help the Utes, some hurt them. Yeah, an overtime loss to LSU, you're right. I guess that's one more scenario we can throw in there. Yeah. I, I didn't feel like, did you feel like, and maybe I just misheard what you said or misinterpreted it, I didn't feel like they did anything crazy moving Baylor up. I thought Baylor no, got moved no, up no, no. the way they should have. Yes. Minnesota, Minnesota no. lost. And, oh, yes. And Bama lost. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But I think you you have near the same scenario now between Oklahoma. near. Yeah, yeah. Pertinier. We're, we're in the Mountain West here. <laughs> okay, fine. You have Pertinier. I mean, I waited for that. Pretty That near. was like a long delay there. Pertinier. You have Pertinier the same, I don't even know what it means, Pretty the near. same Close scenario that you would have had if Oregon hadn't lost. Well, you let the Oregon-Utah teams settle it now, and then the winner would go, now I'm afraid they'll let, well, let's let Oklahoma and Baylor settle it. Six to fourth has been done. It's not a big deal. Utah has to nail, put the wood to the Oregon Knights route, which would be beautiful <laughs> at, under any circumstances. They could be 0 and 11, and it'd be beautiful if they did that because they're Oregon. So that would be fun. I think I think they they got to win big, particularly if Oklahoma comes out and. Puts it to Baylor. Yeah, well, obviously we're not going to know that because that's Saturday morning. So you just have to do their thing Friday night. Not oh, they're knowing. not going to know. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah they're not Oklahoma know. will know. Oklahoma can yeah, walk but they out won't there know saying it, what it means. No, they, they would can, be guessing like the rest of us. But right. they could say, "Well, Utah won by ten, so let's go win by 20. Agreed. But I, easier said than done. Obviously. Uh, but yeah. nonetheless, they'll know what kind of bar. And I could be an wrong, idea. and maybe they the Pac-12 know. will get the respect that it deserves. We've seen so many, and I know it goes back I to the BCS, and so it's a different system, but it still comes back to when it's a beauty pageant, the one-loss Pac-12 team gets shoved aside. Yeah, and and I, everybody who's rooted the I league for Kyle's 20 years. I think Kyle's a beautiful years, man, and he can win a beautiful contest. <laughs> everybody who's rooted for the league for 20 years know that knows that happens. I love him. But eyeball test, which generally works against the Pac-12, if you've watched Oklahoma's defense, what do you think Ohio State or LSU will do to Oklahoma's defense? Yeah, but I don't know that you can get into that. They'll sh- but I, I think I they, don't think you I can. Think I, I, you can only it. go. I don't think you can. I think you have to go on what is earned up to that point, not start to predict what we think will happen. That that's weak. You go. Okay, you, so you, you go got with twelve, it's, thirteen it's a, entry points data points, that's what you base it on. You don't base it okay. on, well, we think this team can play this team better than that team, and blah, 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 blah. That's, okay. that's weak. So if we're on the committee and we're in the room, and you say that to me, I just come back with, of all these teams, 
of all their units, Oklahoma's defense is the least elite. I've got multiple data points that say yeah, but against they're not against elite. better offenses, though. I mean, then you start going. That's where you go down a road that's going to lead you to nowhere. It's all again. That, that's the problem. Then with don't only use the data points games. because Oklahoma's <laughs> defense. What difference does it make? It's never been what it is supposed to be. So change it. Blah 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 blah. And just then, then you have that. That's more dangerous to the conference, not less. In the past, I think it's crushed the conference. This time, it could work for them. All right, Lincoln Kennedy is coming up. DJ and PK. It's ninety-seven five at twelve eighty. The zone. The Pac-12 analyst is next. Stay with us.